0: got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello everybody and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel and on this episode we're going to take a look at the Gators upcoming matchup against the Charlotte 49ers. It is the Gators' third straight home game in a row, and it will kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I did say Standard Time last week, and I did get a message about it. And the person who sent me that message will probably send me another. This is all in good fun, but they did correct me. It is Daylight Time. But with that said, on the Eastern Seaboard, it is a 7 p.m. kickoff our friends in the Mountain Time Zone, that would be a 5 p.m. kickoff. With that said, let's go ahead, let's get into it, look at some storylines and keys to the game against the 49ers. And to begin, the first storyline, and this is something that Billy Napier has talked about, is can the Gators handle success? Last year, we would get a big win, like the Utah win to begin the season, and then we'd have issues. Of course, we remember the next week we lost to Kentucky. The week after, we struggled against a bad USF team that finished one and 11. And so, and then also towards the end of the year, we had the big win at AM, then destroyed South Carolina before losing to Vanderbilt and FSU and then Oregon State to complete the season. So now the question is. Can the Gators handle this success and continue to build? So far, there's been talk of this week practices being quote unquote unacceptable is a word that has come out. So it will be interesting to see how the Gators come out and play against, you know, these 49ers. They're not a good team, but they also have opportunities to be a decent team, the Charlotte 49ers. The reason why I say that is First or the second storyline is Can the Gators get up big early? I talked about this in the preseason. And of course, we want to get up big early so we can get younger guys reps, help build depth, help build experience for both this year and for the future. Well, Charlotte played at Maryland back in the second week of the season. And at the half, they led Maryland 14 to nine. Maryland is not the Gators, that is for sure. But if Florida comes out, you know, flat, comes out uninspired and can't handle that success, this is a Charlotte team that might be able to hang around for a little bit longer than McNeese did, and McNeese didn't really hang out, hang around at all. But my point being that this is a team that at least has experience on the road against a Power 5 team and had a little bit of success. With that said, Charlotte ended up losing 38-20, to giving up 29 points in the second half. I think the Gators will have a lot less issues than Maryland did. Don't get me wrong. The point, again, is Florida can't handle that success. They come out flat. There is an opportunity for the 49ers to at least hang around for a little while, and they've shown they can with at least one Power 5 team. Again, not the Gators, but it did happen. Moving on to the offensive keys, in my opinion, at least for the Gators against Charlotte, is our backup offensive line. They do need to play well. Center Kingsley Egwiken is going to be out for this game, injured again. Now, I'm not fully certain how much of that is something new and how much that of that is lingering from his injuries coming into the season. And since we're not playing a big team, it's, hey, let's rest them up because we're about to play three straight SEC games, two of which are on the road. Why potentially aggravate an injury more? How much of it is, you know, what whatever, you know. Is it to rest them? Is it to get them healthier? Is it something new? That's something I need to look into. If you know, feel free, message me. Maybe I've missed something. And, of course, our right side of the line, Micah Mascua and George, um, Damian George, sorry, is suspended. Our right guard, right tackle, they are suspended for the first half. They're not suspended for the game. However, I don't know if we'd see them in the second half. If we are up big, no reason to put your starters in, risk possible injury or something else. If we are doing well, that said, their backups are playing. Jake Slaughter's going to be starting. And we have other backups at the right guard and right tackle spot. I am kind of mixed on the right tackle spot. We are starting Lindell Hudson, who has a ton of experience from FIU. We talked about it a little in the preseason. However, I would have liked to see a few more reps go to like a Bryce Lovett or some of these talented true freshmen just to get them more experience, build more depth. But I understand why we're going with a guy who's a fifth-year senior Plenty of experience on his own, now coming to UF and backing up Damian George at the right tackle spot. Another thing I'd like to see is for us to work on the downfield passing game. This is something we talked about with the McNeese State game. You have the overmatched opponent. Let's try to work on something that will benefit us in the future, add a new dynamic to this offense because you've got an overmatched team. I've written down a few stats here just to you know, show them. I'm not really saying yes, no, good, bad, whatever, although I do think that we're going to need to show more down the field once we get to some of the better defenses we're going to face. Kentucky, um, South Carolina looked like they came alive a little bit against Georgia last week, and, of course, we have Georgia's defense coming up. LSU's got a pretty good defense. Florida State has looked a little bit alive at times and a little bad at times. Mizzou has a good defense. So these are games that we have coming up. Good thing Arkansas has an awful defense, but point being they're probably going to have more success in that game in against our attack than maybe a Tennessee whose defense isn't as good. And we talked about how last year they're 129th against the pass, So, before we enter the meat of our schedule, let's work on, you know, a little bit downfield pass game. The stats I have here for those listening on audio. Mertz, 33 of his 64 completions are at or behind the line of scrimmage. That is something that I went and watched every completion myself and counted. I'm not counting things that were two yards downfield. If they're straddling the line, maybe the ball was at the line and the person turned around and grabbed at the line. That might be part of it. With that said, I believe Pro Football Focus had it at like 27 passes that were behind the line, and they had a number of passes that were nine yards or less. That all comes out to 68.2% of completion. So almost seven out of 10 balls are under nine yards or nine yards or less downfield. We need to start seeing that increase, see some more intermediate routes in the 10 to 20, you know, 10 to 20 section kind of back defenses off. I talked about how Tennessee didn't stack the box really. That was surprising, but some of these other teams will. So we need to work on the stuff that will back off that stack box. And again, what better time than when you have an overmatch opponent like Charlotte to do that. And then also the last thing I want to see is get young guys reps, not just on the offensive line, they're going to get plenty, but, young guys like Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell at the receiver spot, get more boarding him, who is starting at tight end, get him more reps, get more reps for um, Max Brown at quarterback. He might be our backup currently. I think he's listed at third or fourth on the depth chart. However, he did play a bit against McNeese. We didn't see too many passing reps for him. That's something I'd like to see more of, help him build that confidence, help him get more of that game experience throwing the ball. And then also guys like Trayon Webb at the running back position who I think has looked decently well in what we've seen of him. Now let's get him a few more reps, get more experience under his legs just in case something were to happen. Hopefully nothing happens to either one of our running backs, but so he's even more prepared to step up if that were to happen. Moving on to the defense. The keys for the defense, first thing is contain their quarterback and former UF quarterback, Jalen Jones, who is only here for a cup of coffee. With that said, he is the leader in rushing yards for the Charlotte team. He has 300, 400 rushing yards, something like that. He can move, he can run. However, he's not that good of a passer. In that game against, uh, he did start that game against Maryland I referenced and then he started turning the ball over, and that kind of helped lead to the Maryland comeback. He was benched, and when he was benched, they brought in Trexler-Ivy, which brings me to my next point. you got to pressure Trexler-Ivy because he's a good pocket passer. However, he can't really run. He's negative on yardage for the year, so if we get pressure on him, He's not going to be able to pass the ball. Why haven't I talked about stop the run, which is one of the things I say the most? Well, their top running back barely has 100 yards as far as rushing yards. So that tells me they really don't have a good running game. Obviously, we want to stop the running game, but our big keys are containing their leading rusher, which is a quarterback, and shutting down their good passing rusher by getting that pressure. You get that pressure, you shut down that running QB, both those things will end up getting the Gears turnovers. We only have one so far, but boy, was it a big one. And that, of course, was last week's um, interception against Tennessee. And uh, that came from pressuring the quarterback, Caleb Banks, getting held, having that pressure. And then as Melton was throwing, the big hit by Desmond Watson. I'd like to see a lot of that pressure continue continue to find ways to get that pressure whether it's with these simulated pressures as i've said pressure way too much you know the simulated pressures where you've got six guys looking to rush and there's only four going but you don't know which four it is whether it's just line up our four linemen and say hey we're gonna beat your line each time cool however we can let's get this pressure and let's also get plenty of reps for our young guys like our true freshmen like cameron james like T.J. Searcy, like Kelby Collins, all of that. And also plenty on the back end with Jordan Castell, who's been great at safety as a true freshman so far. We talked about him in the Tennessee review. Also, Bryce Thornton, get him reps at safety, get Jaden Robinson reps at linebacker, and plenty of other guys reps like Jakeem Jackson, like Shreef Denson, all sorts of guys on that backside. Plenty of guys getting reps already, but get them even more. Help build that depth. I keep saying that, but that's because it's true. There's not a whole lot to really say about these games, except for, here's what little you got to do to get the win. And you want to get your young guys plenty of experience and plenty of, you know, just. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, reps experience because. You never know when they're going to be needed to step up. Hopefully, not this year. But again, things happen so far. We've been good. Hopefully, we stay good on the injury front. And then, last thing I want to do is talk about truth be told, do one of our truth be told segments, and that is Opportunity Knocks. And with that said, opportunity knocking what I mean by this and our truth be told, an opportunity knocking is not just for these young guys to come in and earn reps, maybe earn playing time, maybe even take the job of some of the starters or take some reps for themselves, but also the opportunity that the Gators have coming up. Obviously after this game, we travel to Tennessee and it is seven straight SEC games after we play the 49ers. Watching the SEC, no team really looks great right now. And our defense has looked way better than advertised. With that said, we can't let up. These guys can't let up, but there is opportunity for us to make a bigger run than, honestly, I foresaw in part because of this defense. It starts with being focused on Saturday. It starts with taking care of business and handling success well. And then handling success well, going to Lexington, which has been set as a noon kickoff, which honestly is great, first time in 20 years. And then from there, it's getting revenge on Vanderbilt, not letting that game beat you. Then it's going to Williams-Brice Stadium in a South Carolina team who will be coming off of bye Don't know what time that game is yet, but Bryce Williams, Bryce at night is a tough place to play. It's about going and beating a team that, you know, you're more talented in. It's about, that's not a great offense who just lost their best player. Who knows if he'll be back for our game. Well, one of their best players, at least take that opportunity going to Jacksonville, anything can happen. We've seen crazy things happen in that, that rivalry before, You know, we've seen Georgia upset us in 07. I've seen us upset them in 2014, and there's been other games like that. The point being, if our defense is as good as it is, and Georgia's still struggling, there's an opportunity there. I'm not going to say we're here, we're going to win that game for sure right now, but I'm saying, with the way this defense is playing and with how other teams seem to be struggling, there is opportunity. Arkansas just lost to... BYU, granted BYU's three and O, but who knows how they're going to end up? They haven't really beaten anyone besides Arkansas. That said, Arkansas, we talked about in the pre- preseason, that's a trap game between Georgia and LSU. Got to stay focused. There's opportunity there. There's opportunity to go to LSU, probably the one of the most complete teams we've seen, but they fell apart under pressure in Orlando against FSU. If our defense can get pressure in that game, there's opportunity. Mizzou, just won on a walk-off 61-yard field goal against Kansas State. Undefeated team. But they've got Tennessee and Georgia the weeks ahead of us. Who knows how they're going to look by week 11? Who knows how we're going to look by week 11? But again, there's opportunity. And then FSU. FSU. Looked really great in Orlando against LSU. Last week, didn't look quite as good up against BC. There is opportunity with that being a home game. If that home game has the atmosphere that we had against Tennessee, it's going to make a major difference in that game. So again, truth be told, opportunity knocks, but it starts with Charlotte and taking care of business and handling success the right way and with all that said let's go and say thank you to a few of our friends the first friend i'm going to give a shout out is our friends at alvarez lawn company alvarez lawn company they're based out of central florida if you need someone to do a yard project or continuing yard work for you give them a text or call for a free quote at 407-490-2617 Tell them we sent you. You can also give them an email at Company at gmail.com. Once again, Alvarez Lawn Company. Give them a text or call at 407-490-2617. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. And also, please do give my friends over at Gator Chatter a visit. Lots of fun discussion, discussion happening on the board right now. Check them out. We have lots of fun with not just Gator stuff. Sometimes we talk about things like Dion. Sometimes we talk about in and out, all sorts of fun things. Give it, go over there, give it a look. Right now, I've got to go make my pick picks. I'm sure I might have missed a game or two already. Oops. With that said, do check them out. Tell them I sent you. And with that said, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. I do think right now the Gators, a quarterway through the season, are in a much better place. You know, not just win loss than some people thought, but also defense has jumped more than most people said. Most people are thinking, hey, we could get to top 30. Currently, it's a top 10 defense. And granted, we played Utah with backup quarterbacks. Granted, We've played a Tennessee team that maybe their offense isn't as good as last year. In fact, probably not as good as last year. And we played McNeese State. With that said, a lot of things we're doing on defense have been good. From gap integrity, from decently good man, where sometimes they've got to throw a perfect ball, sometimes that happens. And then other times they've messed it up. We've gotten pressure, not as many sacks as I'd like, but there are a lot of great things on that defensive side. Offensive side, we ran against a Tennessee defense that I was shocked we ran that well against. Some of that maybe Tennessee didn't follow the blueprint other teams have put out there of stacking the box. Some of that may be, hey, we're really turning the corner. Time will tell. But again, with that said, it starts against Charlotte and keeping that focus and handling success well. With that said, it'll be very exciting to see. Billy Napier has tweeted and asked everyone to wear orange this Saturday in the swap. I will be wearing orange. Hopefully you will be too, and I'll see you there. With that said, thank you everyone for listening. And as always, go Gators.